0: Hello and welcome to the Kanawha Valley Hustlers podcast. This is Joe Justice, your host and the Kanawha Valley Hustler, talking to you today about some just one-on-one marketing stuff. You know, I knew that this week would be tough. It is the week after Thanksgiving. I knew this week and last week would be tough for guests, so I thought the smartest thing to do would just do some little one-on-one conversations, talking to you. I uh, hope that you enjoy it. Drop me a comment. Let me know what you'd like to hear more of. If you enjoy this, if you want to hear more, uh, send me a message. Send me an email, joe at Love hearing from you guys, so be sure to uh, let me know what you think. I want to talk to you today about a story I've told before in kind of a brief form in my uh, Up Next Charlie West presentation. I talked about one of my favorite stories, the stories of Charles Atlas. That's one of my favorite marketing stories, and I really think it's kind of an unsung story of marketing. People don't talk about it enough. I think it's a really incredible story. So first, let's talk, let's dive a little bit into who Charles Atlas was. So Way back in the 20s, there was a bodybuilder, which there wasn't really such a thing as bodybuilding back then. You know, you had Eugene Sandow, and he was kind of the original bodybuilder. But what you really had back then was something more approximating like a circus show, strongman kind of act. That's, that's what you mostly had. That's what you would have had for any kind of a bodybuilder or anything like that. You would have had strongmen. And they had all kinds of different competitions. And you also had... Um, what you would do back then if you had a good, strong physique is you did a lot of modeling. Uh, photography was still largely in its infancy. And strong, well-proportioned men were often used by sculptors and painters and, and, and you know, artists like that to pose uh, for their art. It was a very common thing. And Charles Atlas did a lot of that kind of stuff. And it was all in kind of this world in the early it, you know after the uh, the the industrial revolution when people started to get more concerned with what they were eating their exercise you know the industrial revolution really dramatically upset you know the structure of people's lives they weren't working on the farms anymore they were living in cities cities were very unhealthy and you know the food was bad everything was bad about it you know they did everything from like you know putting uh, um, um, you know uh, uh like you know, formaldehyde and stuff like that in food in order to preserve it, uh, sawdust, stuff like that, all the way up to, you know, just like what we do today with some of the food processing, like like white breads and, and using trans fats and stuff like that. So there was a lot in this, and, you, you know, you had the search, you had the strongman, you had the, all this, all this Malu created kind of this physical culture, this kind of bodybuilding, the infancy of this bodybuilding thing. And uh, Charles Atlas was born into that. And um, in in 1922, his big achievement was he won the world's most perfectly developed man competition, and that really set him up for moving forward in the world of bodybuilding and physical culture, and you know making a name for himself. Now, like I say, at that time, uh, people that did that type of thing wrote magazines, they created courses they advertised their courses in other magazines, they advertised their courses in other, you know, health and wellness type things, and it was, it wasn't exactly mainstream, it wasn't, you know, the kind of thing that you would see everywhere, you would kind of, if you were into bodybuilding, if you were into physical culture, then you might see, you know, these courses and stuff, so what ended up happening was Charles Atlas wasn't wasn't unsuccessful, but not nearly as successful as he would ho- as he was hoping to be. Now, what you have to understand is there were probably dozens of people that created courses and all kinds of different things like this back then. I mean, it was a very common thing um the mail order courses were very common you know back in those days they didn't really sell weights and stuff like that because they were way too difficult to get a hold of a- unless you were like a wrestler or a or a boxer or something like that and went to a gym you very rarely would get your hands on any kind of weights and even the weights that they had back then you know they would have been like you know like sand weights or, or things like that they wouldn't have been like the night it's not what you're thinking of today when it comes to gym it was like dirty ugly you know uh messy stuff now what charles atlas did was he created this system where he used this mail order system where he used uh, body weight exercises and self-generated tension type exercises isometrics essentially and by using a combination of isometrics and and calisthenics he created this system that he called dynamic tension And and part of that uh, part of that was in the naming part of that came out of a man that he was working with named Charles Roman. Charles Roman had an advertising agency and helped Charles Atlas kind of expand uh, the concept of his of his bodybuilding system outside of that small little little niche market. And he created the Dynamic Tension System. That was a trademark he he created. He also trademarked the 97-pound weakling. You've probably heard that. Uh, how I went from being a 97-pound weakling into the man that I am today. The insult that made a uh, a man out of Mac. That was a very common thing. So I'm getting a little far ahead of myself. But what ended up happening was Charles Atlas had this great program. He had this great physique. Uh, you know, he, had, he was in great shape. He was a good... He was a good representation of that healthy kind of physical culture. What every man wanted to be, and uh, and he teams up with Charles Roman. Charles Roman sees the potential in this. He creates these, you know, these kind of snappy, trademarky type things. Dynamic tension. 97 pound weakling. You know, uh, the uh, the the man. Uh, the insult that made a man out of Mac. You know, these kind of really snappy, you know, snap to the front of your mind, rolls right off your lips kinds of things. One of the funny things that I always think about, as a side note, is the 97 97- pound weakling. I always like that one because 97 pounds, that sounds real. I have no idea if Charles Atlas was ever a 97 pound weakling or not, but if he would have said a 90 pound weakling or a 95 pound weakling, you wouldn't have believed it because it's like, oh yeah, right. You know, you're, you're just making that number up, but 97 for whatever sounds like a real number. So it works, which is one thing I always like, but Charles Roman's big, brilliant idea was uh, to not advertise in the physical culture magazines not show up in the fit with the physical culture but instead to advertise to an audience that wanted what charles atlas was selling what he was selling was manhood vim vigor uh, vitality muscularity machismo being tough being strong being mighty being able to take care of yourself being able to protect your woman you know all of these kinds of things who is looking for that kind of stuff who's aspiring to those types of things people reading comic books right kids boys adolescent males they're reading superman they're reading captain america they're reading you know these types of things batman the shadow um you know doc savage all of these kinds of stories that were popular at the time that were uh, all about being a man and being strong and they were aspirational. And within the pages of these kind of aspirational, these kind of role models, what do you have? Well, you've got this course that shows you how to go from a 97 pound weakling into a man, right? So that was a perfect combination. And that's what Charles Roman brought and that exploded the popularity of Charles Atlas. He was successful in his own right. There's no doubt about that. But once he teamed up with Charles Roman, it was off to the races. Their company had a massive explosion and he, he you know, he was fabulously wealthy. And Charles Atlas is a household name today, or it definitely was back then. And today, even if... Even if you don't know exactly Charles Atlas, everybody's heard him, you know, the the bully kicks sand in his face or, you know, the 97-pound weakling or something like that. They, they know something about this kind of cultural touchstone of being a man and being strong and being powerful. So it's incredibly um, important to realize how vital your target market is. If, you know, I like to tell people, if you're, if you're selling sports bras to a male audience, you're just not going to have a whole lot of a success. You might sell a few. I don't know. Maybe they're going to get it for their girlfriend or for their wife, but you're going to have a much, much easier time selling sports bras to women. So find people that that want what you have or, now this is the alternative, cultivate the desire amongst an audience that's, that's paying attention. Um, you know, it was... Uh, uh, it was a really common thing for people to kind of go after the same thing over and over to, uh, you know, show the same thing to the same audience. But if you step back, you take a look at the wider field. Is there somebody that needs your product, figure out who they are, figure out how to speak to them, figure out how to talk specifically to them. And you will have much more success than if you try to just try to reach everybody or just reach the same pounding, the same audience day in and day out. Step outside of there, find a new audience, cultivate an audience, create an audience, whatever you do, work with that target market and uh, changing that target market and that demographic can really explode your growth. So embrace it, And, you know, make it your goals in in 2024 to go after that target market that's going to be really, really who you're going to want to sell to. Until next time, this is Joe Justice reminding you to hustle hard, hustle smart, and hustle with a smile. Bye-bye for now.